All right, and we're back. This is the Kingfish of JacksonJambalaya.com. Well, Kim Wade is not here today. He's back in a re-education camp yet again. He just can't seem to stay out of trouble. But today is going to be a little bit different. You see, it's funny. Kim sent me a text message on the 18th. Hey, can you sit in for me next Thursday? I have to go off to re-education. And I wrote back, deal. All right? Well, apparently he never got the text message. So unbeknownst to me, he asked, yes, 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 Mr. David L. Archie, no is here in the studio. We have not torn up the place yet. This has not turned into WWE yet. This hasn't turned into Hogan versus the Macho Man or anything like that. So anyway, so I'm going to take the first hour, and he's going to take the second hour. So just let you know, here's what's going on. And the funny part was Phil Fisher was, I mean, if he comes in, he's going to be jamming with you too over there. So Dave is just sitting over here just laughing. He thinks it's kind of funny. I think it's funny. So, you know, Reasonable people can work things out and make everything work. Agreed? So, anyway, has our guest called in? All right. We have a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you should have seen it before David walked in and had my laptop, all this stuff opened up, and second hour we're going to get into, all this fancy stuff. It's all gone. Anyway, we have on the phone with us Mr. Christopher Holton, longtime friend, known him for years, and fellow Tiger. We don't hold it against him that he was in the Marine Corps, although, folks, if you want to turn a Marine into a pancake, just throw, throw sand on the wall. And tell him to hit the beach. That's all you have to do if you want to turn a Marine into a pancake. And there's a <laughs> lot of stuff going on over in the Middle East right now. Obviously, Hamas, Israel, all that. That's why we have him on today. So thank you for coming on, Chris. Well, it's a, it's, it's my privilege, and thank you very much for having me. It's great to uh, talk to you. And by the way, you know what falls out of the air? Trouble. I'm sorry, say that again? You know what falls out of the air? Trouble. Yeah. That's, a, that's an airborne infantry joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go. Anyway, All we right. have a lot. I'm, I'm going to break out my joke book, hit you with it in a little while. Don't worry. I have no doubt whatsoever about that. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Exactly where do we stand right now with Hamas and the Israeli conflict right now? Is it a conflict or can we call it a war yet? Well, I've been calling it a war since it happened. I mean, uh, I. I I don't really understand the term conflict. That's a, a rather modern invention. Agreed. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I think it's clear that Hamas did not mean this as a one-off, that this was an opening salvo in a, an escalation of a, a, of a asymmetric war that's been going on since the early 90s with uh, with Hamas attacking Israel. And uh, I think that it's going to involve Iran as the puppet master and Hezbollah as a uh, blocking force, as it were. Uh, and unfortunately, I think it's uh, got the potential to um, escalate a whole lot. And... You know, there's a lot of aspects of this war that aren't getting a lot of publicity, Such especially as? on the cyber side. I mean, everybody knows about the extremely barbaric and cruel attack that occurred on 7 October in which uh, women and children were gunned down and killed with edged weapons in their homes and in the streets, as well as men as well, but um, some 1,400 Israelis were killed in that manner on October 7th, 
you know, that was accompanied by a massive cyber attack that could only have come from a government sponsor. Why do you say and, that? Uh, well, I, I mean, look, I, edu- educate I, the listeners I say a little that bit. Not because I have any particular expertise mm-hmm. about cyber warfare. I say that simply because uh, a company called Cloudflare, which is a American cybersecurity company, detected the attack and said that it was unprecedented in its nature. Uh, And it coincided uh, at approximately 7.15 a.m. local time with the kinetic attack that occurred uh, in the streets of uh, of Israel, mm-hmm. um, and it involved a million hits per second, um, and uh, because of that, and look, I, I don't know what a million hits per second particularly means. It makes two it seems of us. like a big number. They said that could only be organized by government agencies, and they said that only Iran or Russia had that capability. I'm going to uh, pin it on Iran, because Iran has been a sponsor of Hamas since Hamas was founded in the late 1980s. Mm-hmm. And Iran has said, you know, Iran has had leaders that said they want to wipe Israel off the map. So uh, my leading suspect is Iran. In addition to that, um, the, in coinciding with the cyber attack, uh, they also accessed the security information and data of Israeli aviators, pilots, etc., cetera, uh, and sent threats to their wives and families. Mm-hmm. That's a very serious breach if they got in that uh, far to that sensitive, to that type of sensitive information. Um, I got, and, I got, uh, I've got so a question is, for you. When you're talking about the, you know, the million hits or whatever, explain to the listeners exactly what that translate in English for what does that mean to the Israelis what's the well, effect it was a, it was but they but they say it was, it was a massive denial of service attack in other words they overwhelm a uh, network or server mm-hmm. um so with, they were shutting down their network so they couldn't respond right. or take longer to respond, right. correct? Right. Okay. All right, go on. So, um, and at the same time, they penetrated uh, the network and obtained sensitive information, which they exploited. You know, for this to happen to the Israelis makes you wonder how vulnerable we are, because I... I have always assumed that the Israelis are better at that stuff than we are. And they're pretty I good mean, at the Israelis, tech. Israelis penetrated uh, Iran's nuclear program and set it back a few years, if you remember, mm-hmm. several years ago with a cyber attack. Um, and so I always regarded the Israelis as, as having a great, a great capability in that area. But it's a form of asymmetric warfare, which, of course, means that, um, you know, it, it's kind of like it evens out the playing field because the old saying goes, this is one really smart guy in his basement at his computer in his boxer shorts can uh, take down a Fortune 500 company. That, that's always been the saying. And uh, 
you know, that translates also to um, nations. Well, did you did you ever see the uh, the rebooted Battlestar Galactica? I'm sorry, I did not. <laughs> it's not as campy as the first one, okay? <laughs> um, any, anyway, um, it's re- it's really good, but the way it starts is the humans, the colonies, they go into battle with the Cylons, who are the robots, etc. And unbeknownst to the to the colonials, the humans, they had gotten into their systems and inserted multiple back doors into their computer systems while everything is networked, etc. And so when they went into space battle with them, they were able to, how they wiped out all their worlds was they were able to sit there and just, by pressing a few keys, take down the entire systems, and all of a sudden every single, you know, starship they had lost power. And of course they were easy pickings. I mean, that's where we're headed right now. Overall, in technology. You know, the thing about that is, mm-hmm. if you look at those old science fiction series and movies the capabilities that exist nowadays mm-hmm. were beyond the imagination of the science fiction writers back then <laughs> you know i mean remember mr spock talking yeah. to the computer yeah you know we're doing that yeah i mean now we have we're not walking around without you know in gravity and outer space or anything like that yet but you know we're we're getting there you know it's it's getting there now. Right now, they have we they are they sent I think an armored column into Gaza today, correct or last night? That's a report. I don't know if that was a probe, or right? Something else, or or what Patton said was a reconnaissance in force, right? Um, what exact? Where are we right now? Well, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The Biden administration has been putting pressure on Israel to hold off. Why do you think that is? They're a Rand deal. They're saying, okay, right. Uh, you, you, what you just said is is the truth. That, but what the Biden administration is saying is that they asked Israel to hold off so that the U.S. could get more defense measures in place in that region of the world for U.S. assets. Um, which is generally um, believed to mean that the U.S. is sending uh, anti-aircraft artillery, air defense artillery assets over there, mm-hmm. Patriot missiles, um, missile defense systems, Aegis destroyers, things like that to protect um, U.S. facilities in places like Kuwait and Qatar and Bahrain what have you. Um, But I also believe that the Biden administration is putting pressure on Israel to hold off on going into Gaza. They also, if you recall, this happened about a week ago, they put pressure on Israel to allow uh, $100 million in so-called humanitarian aid to get into Gaza. Israel had declared a blockade of Gaza, uh, and they were preparing, you know, an offensive to go into Gaza. And then all of a sudden, the U.S. says, you have to allow $100 million worth of humanitarian aid that we are going to provide. But here, here's the, the problem oh, is that ahead. you're providing that aid to a region which is controlled by Hamas. 
And so you're providing something. You know, I don't know what humanitarian aid means, but you know, when we have a hurricane down here in the Gulf South, we get MREs just like military does. So humanitarian aid is food, first aid supplies. That's what we used to call in the military beans and bullets, right? Um, well, not beans and bullets, but beans and band-aids, right? Right. So and me- and let's um, assume you know medicine and water. It, so that's stuff that mil- you know militants need to operate. Um. Anyway, uh, and the Israelis had agreed to, to hold off um, on an offensive into Gaza. And so what we're in is a holding pattern at this point, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. But ha- hasn't uh, Hamas also, the problem with, look, we don't want to see anybody starve. We don't want to see anybody go without water. We don't like seeing people suffer for lack of medicine, et cetera. But they've also been taking those materials, siphoning them off for themselves. And also they had a lot of construction materials coming in from the Egyptian side. Because let's not forget, there's two blockades here, Okay. It's not just the Israeli blockade. There's also the Egyptian blockade. Yeah, right? they don't want to have anything to do with Hamas either. Yeah, and Absolutely when we right. come back from the break, we're going to discuss why. There's a reason why the Arabs don't really have anything to do with them. But anyway, but they've been taking those construction those construction materials and, si- and just, not siphon, just flat out stealing them off to build their tunnels and other, th- and other weapons of war. So, yep, that's right. I it mean, you can't trust pipes. them. And, and making fuselages for their rockets. All right. And by the way, we're going to the break right now, Chris, but we had you heard me talk about the mix-up. Well, my 5 o'clock guest was going to be Clinton Mayor here, Phil Fisher, but you're going to like this. He's a former Marine and Airborne Ranger and was a general in Afghanistan. So we're going to let him – he's just going to kind of listen a little bit. He may pop in with a question, okay? So well, I figure you two jarheads will probably get along just fine. <laughs> much more qualified to speak on this stuff than i am no he's not you don't know him i do okay he's shaking his head no (laughs) and it's a vigorous no okay (laughs) so anyway we're going to the break now yeah we're going to break this kingfish of jacksonjumbly.com me phil fisher david archie in the house of jarhead on the line will will this place survive is Florida floor going to blow up i don't know come back All right, this is the Kingfish of JacksonJumbalaya.com. And we're sitting in for Kim Wade today. First hour you have me. Second hour we have David L. Archie. Yes, we have some mix-ups, but don't worry. It's like jazz. You just adapt, make some good music, keep on going. And right now, I tell you what, this hour there is no estrogen in this room or on the airwaves. We've got me. We have Phil Fisher, former Marine here, General. And on the phone with us, we have Mr. For Chris Holton. He's been on this show before. He is with the National Secure, blah, National Center for Security Policy, we're talking about everything going on with Israel and Hamas right now. Okay. Over at Chris, over in over there right now, is I was watching a really good video last night. And are you familiar with Task and Purpose, the YouTube channel? Uh huh. Yes, I am. I was wa- okay, I was watching Chris Cappy's uh, video and he, he did about a fifteen minute video on the tunnels where he went into the construction, analyzed them, and it was really interesting. I mean I don't think a lot of people realize how tough it, those tunnels make it for Israel to retaliate. Yes. And and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, Hamas has been constructing those tunnels for decades. 
mm-hmm. and they're elaborate and fortified, uh, and uh, you know, and they're they're, they're continuously changing. You know, once they they use uh, sound waves and even ground piercing radar to try to map these tunnels. Um, and, you know, you get a map of the tunnels and then they fill in one tunnel and build a new one. So it's, it's a, it's a uh, whack-a-mole process. But, the, uh, you know, Hamas has been using those tunnels for years to infiltrate uh, into Israel and also to hide weaponry. Uh, and so it's, it, it definitely complicates things. Hezbollah does the same thing up on the border with Lebanon, and Hezbollah, incidentally, has been found to have been working on tunnels on the U.S.-Mexican border over the years. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, the thing, thing about the uh, tunnels is that when he was saying that video, I think it was either the the miles of tunnels they have is equivalent, I think, to either half or the entire New York subway system. That's how extensive yeah, that's the tunnels are. And, and you think about how long it took to build the New York subway system. Yeah. Well, but you got to understand now, they, I mean, these people don't have to worry about requests for proposals and bidding jobs out. They don't have to worry about, grease, you know, paying off consultants and all that stuff, you know. Well, and they're not I mean, they just say, you, build tunnel or you dead. <laughs> <laughs> they're not built. They're not putting trains in there either. So that's no. But they do have that. rail systems. They yeah. do have rail systems, and yeah, and for, for the people, for similar to what you know they used to have on the old Iowa class battleships. You know, yeah. the Iowa class battleships had rail systems uh, throughout the ship to move uh, heavy things like twenty seven hundred pound shells. Yeah, uh, and things like that. Um, and. Uh, powder bags yeah so yeah these people are not stupid unfortunately and be much better if they were one thing that impressed me was they're at least 30 feet below ground underground and that's important because our the bunker buster we've been using for years apparently doesn't go that deep now i think there's a new one out there israel is trying to get from us a new one we have that goes a lot up to i think 100 they haven't really said how it's classified, but it goes deeper than the current generation. But the thing about that is mm-hmm. that weapon, no doubt, is heavier and more expensive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're talking about a weapon that's heavier, you uh, can't carry as many of them. And uh, um, so, you know, that that becomes an issue. Uh, you know, when when we were contemplating going after the Iranian nuclear program, which was buried underground in installations throughout Iran, the U.S. put together a bunker buster back, oh, it was probably 15 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, what they did is they took an 8-inch gun tube from a naval tube at uh, uh, at the Dahlgren... Uh, naval weapons station. They still have uh, tubes from uh, U.S. Navy guns there. At least they did at the time. And they 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 cut it down and put 
the explosive in it and use that as the casing for the bomb. And mm -hmm. only the B-52, the B-1, and the B-2 were capable of carrying one of these weapons. It was some, I forget how much it weighed, it was a ridiculously heavy bomb, but it was the only thing that they had at the time that they thought could penetrate the bunker. Um, now, the thing is, is that uh, eventually they did build a bunker buster uh, without having to use, you know, uh, that type of uh, um, jury rigging. Mm -hmm. But, you know, th these things, to get deep, you got to be heavy. Yeah. And it, to be heavy, you need a big airplane. And, and, and you know what else you need? Doesn't really have many. And you know what else you need? Intel on where to hit them. Of course. Yeah, you know, I mean, and it sounds obvious, but you'd be some people. Um, you know, World War Two, we were bombing, you know, the you know what out of Germany, okay? And they still managed to move a lot of their industrial production, including aircraft production, underground. And of now course. think of and, how and bad we bombed Germany, and we still weren't able to touch it. And we didn't have to worry about, gee, you were mean to them today. You bought, you accidentally hit a school or a hospital or something. You know what I'm saying? It was just no holds barred, and we still couldn't get them. Yep. So what do you foresee happening with Israel over the next few weeks? Uh, I think that uh, they're going to conduct probes into Gaza. I think that the Biden administration is going to continue to stab them in the back. At the same time, uh, making statements that make it appear that they're supportive of Israel, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. Uh, and I think that uh, um, we're not going to see a massive ground offensive into Gaza. I, I could be wrong, but I, I just don't think that's in the cards anymore. Why do you say that? Because I think the pressure that's being brought to bear on the Israelis by the U.S. is is going to uh, prevent that from happening. Mm -hmm. Phil, so do you I have any questions? We're see probes, you know, yeah. and 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 raids and things like that, but I don't think we're going to see, uh, you know, a a massive offensive where they just completely remove Hamas from the. Uh, the battle space. Mm -hmm. you know, I, don't have I any think that's very difficult for him. to accomplish anyway. Yeah, I don't have any questions for him, but but your guest is very knowledgeable on what he's talking about. I found that to be some, some good points he's been making. Um, I mean, I don't know. We don't know what the future is going to bring. I do know that, uh, you know, when it gets down to it, if you're going to pick sides, you know, Israel's the side you want to pick because mm -hmm. that's biblical. And I believe that... Uh, they will do what they think is right when the time comes based on the situations that present themselves in the very near future uh, with the hostages. And I missed the first part of the show. I'm sure you talked about the hostages and their situation. Yeah, I mean, they're still, they're still at about 200. And, of course, they released a couple through the, what, the Qataris and yeah. the Egyptians. But the thing is now they're just going to – now what they're going to do is just obviously just drag this out. You know, and the way well, the media is working that, right now, they're going to make it look like Hamas is doing everybody a favor. That's it. And the general brings up a really good point about the hostages, and that's something that we did not cover, but that needs to be talked about. Because now, I mean, 
less than a week after they carried out this savage attack, you have some members of the news media, including the New York Times, frankly, portraying Hamas as if they're the reasonable guys in this because they release a couple of uh, American hostages. Oh, New York and Times just hired a reporter, someone that thinks Hitler's a great guy. You see that one? I didn't see that one. Yeah. I, I wish I could say I was surprised. I'm not. But, uh, I'm not. But, you know, the, the New York Times was leading the charge when Hamas faked the bombing of a hospital. Oh, yeah. Accused the Israelis of doing that. You know, and, you know, one of my best friends was an Anglico Marine. And, you know, what Anglico does, they call in air and naval gunfire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they showed pictures of the scene of the hospital that supposedly had been bombed. And I said to my friend, I said, look at that picture. Does that look like a J-Dam hit to you? Think, Absolutely not. There's no, there's no impact crater. The, the, Nothing. the cars had been burned, but there was no real structural damage to the cars. That's a fire um, yeah. that occurred there. And basically what it, he said was, is what happened was one of these rockets failed. And it fell to earth, and, and, and the fuel ba Basically, off. they did the Wile E. Coyote thing and blew themselves up. And then they tried to blame yeah. it on, on the Israelis. All right, and, this, and, and, all right hang on, hang on, Chris. We got to go to the break, okay? So okay. this is Kingfish of JacksonJumbly.com. We're going to the break right now. We'll be right back. <clears throat> all right, this is the Kingfish of JacksonJumbly.com. And we oh, have Phil Fisher sitting here on the sidelines with us today. David L. Archie is on deck for next hour. He's going to take over. And I'm sure that'll be fun. And then we have on the line with us, Mr. Mr. Christopher Holton. He's with the National Center for Security Policy. We were discussing what else but what's going on in Israel right now. One thing we were talking about earlier, but what everybody's saying, it's inhumane. They have, a, you know, Gaza's a prison. Well, there are two countries that have it under blockade. One is Israel. That's the sea. And, of course, the border with Israel. But on the other side is Egypt. Now, the dirty little secret here that nobody really talks about is the Arabs don't like the Palestinians either, and there's damn good reasons for it. I mean, give me a, give yep. me a second here, Chris. And one is, back in 67, remember, folks, the Six-Day War? That's where, you know, that Israel just totally wiped out their enemies in, in that war. Well, King Hussein of Jordan, because the Palestinians are really Jordan on the West Bank are really Jordanians, they took them in. Well, guess how they repaid their host? They tried to overthrow the king. They killed his prime minister. He wound up having to drive them out of the country after they tried to overthrow his government. Killed, I think it was, what, 20,000 Palestinians, if I'm not mistaken, Chris? I mean, it was a real I don't war know here. I what the numbers were, but it, it was a... It, it was, was a real a, war. Uh, it was a real war, absolutely. And then Egypt tried to be nice to them. So what did they do? They got with the Muslim Brotherhood and tried to overthrow that government. So then Lebanon, they go into Lebanon. And, well, they had a civil war there, and now they have a little piece of Lebanon now. So every these people don't get along with everybody. It goes back to their Islamist, whatever you want to call it, warrior religion that they practice. But they have tried to take over Egypt. They've tried to sit there and take over Jordan. They tried it in Lebanon. This is what they do. And they have a bunch of Jews at their border. Oh, hell, we're going to wipe them out. Because, explain, Chris, it appeared on George Washington University's the, somebody somehow put it up there through, with some lighting last night said from the river to the sea. Tell people what that means. 
Well, it means from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. So when they say that they're, they're going to um, liberate uh, Palestine from the river to the sea, they're echoing Hamas's own charter, which says they're going to replace Israel with an Islamic state ruled by Sharia. No. Um, and that's what from the river to the sea means. Uh, I want to go back to the issue of hostages, if we might, that the general brought up. Sure. Um, because, you know, the first two hostages that they released were Americans. So that plants the seed in our State Department's mind that, hey, you know, we need to see if we can get some of these ho- more of these hostages freed. Um, that delays things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then they release a couple more Israelis. Uh, so they're releasing them little by little which is like a carrot that they're not, they're not stupid. This is, they're playing a PR game here. Um, and, uh, and, and that's an aspect of this, uh, that, um, people need to be aware of, uh, that this is a game for Hamas when it comes to the hostages. It's not, uh, those, they could care less about, about those hostages. They didn't release them for humanitarian purposes. They release them because they're pawns in a game that Hamas is playing. Um, and then, uh, you know, you brought up the issue of the Palestinians. You mm-hmm. know, the Arabs don't even call them Palestinians. No, they don't. They call them Philistines. They don't even call really? them Palestinians. <laughs> yes, they call them Philistines, which is actually what they are. Right. Um, and, of course, when you say that the Palestinians were really Jordanian, that's it. 100% true. Most of the Palestinians, when Israel was formed, most of the people who were called, who are now called Palestinians, they weren't called Palestinians back mm-hmm. then. They, they, nobody was referred to as Palestinians. Anybody that lived in Palestine, which was a, 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 a British colony, for lack of a better term, Protectorate. Um, <laughs> was referred to as, as Palestinian. Right. But in the, the people who are referred to as Palestinian nowadays lived in a protectorate called Transjordan, mm-hmm. which is now mostly Jordan. Um, the borders aren't exactly the same, but there was an entity called Transjordan. That's where they were from. Yeah. They weren't from what is now Israel. No. And explain what they mean by decolonization. Because that's yeah, been, you're hearing, I, I'm seeing that said a lot around college campuses. Yeah, that is that is the that is the buzzword. That is the absolute buzzword. They they want people to believe that Israel formed was was basically uh, an outgrowth of colonization from the West of Arab land. Um, mm-hmm. And first of all, the Palestinians aren't Arabs. Uh, but second of all, um, Jews have Jews lived were already there in that part of the. Yeah, Jews have lived in that part of the world for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. They they didn't colonize uh, Israel. Um, they were already there. So, and now other Jews uh, immigrated there after World War II, when the UN decided that the Jews needed a homeland. Well, and they they formed the homeland out of. A, a protectorate of the British called Palestine. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there was no country called Palestine, and there was no peoples mm-hmm. called Palestinians 
back in those days. In fact, the term Palestinians really didn't become used in popular language until the 67 war Mm -hmm. and then the subsequent uh, war uh, when they tried to overthrow the King of Jordan that you referred to. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the Arab countries don't take these guys in. Yeah, and so... um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm not saying that every Palestinian supports Hamas, but we can't get around the fact that they elected Hamas. Well, I'm going to, can I read you something? Do you get National Review? I read it from time to time. Right. I, I don't get the hard copy, you know. I, right, I'm, I'm like I, you. I've, I've, moved, I've moved on to the iPad, you know. But Andrew McCarthy, I'm sure you read his stuff. Pretty good conservative writer. I, I absolutely, uh, look, he... he I know Andrew McCarthy, and, and, and I've had the privilege of working with him in the past. Okay. You know, he's he's a great guy. He had a great column, okay, this week. And he's, his thesis is not what you see over, say, at Foreign Affairs, but actually is the Palestinians are all in for Hamas, okay? And he said, it's the, it is the Palestinians who make Hamas possible. Let's say Israel completely dismantled Hamas tomorrow, which, by the way, it can't do because it's run and funded from Qatar and armed and trained by Iran. You know what would happen then? The Muslim Brotherhood would have Hamas 2.0 up and running within days. Hamas is popular in the Palestinian territories precisely because it represents the Sharia supremacist objective of an Islamic state that extirpates Israel. Hamas may be the chief executor, but the objective is Palestinian. Hang on. In the Palestinian territories, the Muslim Brotherhood runs the schools and their component paramilitary camps for toddlers. Children are marinated from birth in Jew hatred. It's not mere anti-Zionism, as the jihad's apologists try to maintain with a straight face. It's Jew hatred. You know, and you know, in other words, Hamas is just an extension of the Palestinian people. I would submit he's right because, like I said, everywhere they go, what they try to do, they join with the Muslim Brotherhood. They try to overthrow the the government of the host country they're in. That's what they do. That's what they are. And that's what they're. That's what we're seeing here. You, you know, these, you know, we can't get around the fact that, you know, within a week mm-hmm. of this barbaric attack in Israel, in which women and children were slaughtered in the street, you had dozens of protests organized in the United States, all around the country, pro. Hamas mm-hmm. protests. Now, they, some people are denying that they're pro-Hamas, but I'm here to tell you most of these protests, if not all of them, were organized on campuses by the Muslim Students Association, which is the oldest Muslim Brotherhood organization in the United States. I'm glad you said Founded- that. You want to hear what your friends had to say about that? Sure. Similarly, the students and radical faculty chanting quote, from the river to the sea, unquote, on American college campuses are not Hamas. They are the crescendo, crescendo of a Muslim Brotherhood project begun over 60 years ago to plant and grow Muslim student association chapters in virtually every university in the United States and Canada. It was so successful, it spawned an alphabet soup of Muslim activist organizations to which our government, you know how we always, after like 9-11, we have to reach out to moderate groups? This is who they are. Absolutely. That's right. Which you've been warning so, about for 20 years. The Muslim Students Association 
is the oldest Muslim Brotherhood organization in the United States. Founded in 1963, just as your uh, passage referred to, at the University of Illinois Urbana. And they have well over 100 chapters in the United States now. Mm -hmm. They organized these protests. And they're not just protests. Last night at, what, a university in New York, I mean, you had Jewish students, I mean, running for their lives to lock themselves in the library. they, 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 they They have already turned violent. Yeah. And so people need to remember that Hamas is the Muslim Brotherhood chapter in Israel. Yeah. Hamas is the Muslim Brotherhood. So Muslim Students Association is the Muslim Brotherhood. They're holding these protests slash riots here in the United States in support of the Muslim Brotherhood in Israel, which is Hamas, which slaughtered women and children in the streets. All right, we're so going to we're Jesus going to the break right not, we're going to the break right now. By the way, folks, notice these are all happening in states where they have very strong gun control. Mm-hmm. Wonder why they don't. No, I'm not. You know, what? I'm going to sound like Clay Edwards, so I'm not going to go there. Okay, so this is the Kingfish. We're going to the break right now, and we'll be back for the final stretch. All right, this is the Kingfish of JacksonJumbly.com. I'm sitting in for Kim Way. Next hour, you have Mr. David L. Archie. And like I said, we have Phil Fisher here in the house, David L. in the house, David L. Archie in the house with us. we got a Marine on the phone. There, I mean, there ain't no estrogen in this building today, okay? It just ain't, you know, going to have to go somewhere else. All right, we have Christopher Holton from the National Center for Security Policy. We're wrapping it up. We're going to last a couple of minutes. Anyway, any last thoughts you have on this whole Hamas-Israel affair? War. Well, pray for Israel. Pray for Israel. Mm-hmm. Pray for uh you know, we know in the end that Christ wins. Now, one thing, um, do you, do you, are you on Telegram? The safety of Israel. Are you on uh, Telegram? Yeah, I am. Yes, I am. There's a guy, folks, if you want to keep up with some of this stuff, get some of the original footage, stuff coming from over there in Israel. He's a Christian Jew. He's over there in Israel. Amir Sarfati, it's A-M-I-R, and then his last name is spelled T-S-A-R-F-A-T-I. Like I said, Christian Jew. He's a little slanted. Okay, just realize that, but you still get a lot of raw stuff from over there. I've been following him on Telegram, got a lot of good information. Some of his stuff, yeah, okay, tone it down a little bit, okay? You know, when he starts going off on the religious angle, but it's still some good raw information. So anywhere else you would recommend people read online if they want to get a true sense of what's going on over there? Well, we have an expert at the Center for Security Policy um, who was in Israel at the time of the attack mm-hmm. uh, and was giving us play-by-play accounts, as it were. Uh, his name is Dave Wormser. Is he back he over came, in, the, in the States yet? He, he just came back. Um, and uh, he, uh, you can read his stuff on our website at the Center for, Center for Security Policy.org. That's Center for Security Policy.org. Okay. And we have other... Uh, columnists that uh, are writing about the conflict as well. If he was over there, I mean, I may want to get him back on the air with us, okay? Dave Wormser? Yeah, you might want to. If he was over there, yeah, when that happened, yeah, I'd love to have, I'd love to talk about, you know, just hear what was going on over there. I'm sure he'd be happy to go on the air with you. Okay. All right, well, Chris, thank you very much. Go back to your little $2,000 shindig that you're at down in New Orleans. (laughs) He's at this (laughs) David Horowitz-sponsored 
you know, they got Tulsi Gabbard, all these generals, all these hotshot conservatives talking down there. Yeah, it's called I'm the not, Restoration, whatever. I'm just letting you know, I'm not a fan of hers. Well, <laughs> she, she's, she's. I know, I know, I know why. Real, okay. She's got some real screwy ideas when it comes well, to Well, I just Iran. turn off the sound when she's on TV, okay? There you go. <laughs> anyway, so we'll be right, right back with David L. Archie. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. Welcome, welcome back to the Kim Way Show, 103.9 FM, W-Y-A-B. Just in case Kim is listening out there, we we know how to say it too, Kim. And thank you and for the opportunity that you have given us this afternoon. Kingfish is still hanging around. Glad to have him. And we have the mayor from Clinton, Mississippi. Mayor Fisher, what's up? Well, a lot. A whole lot. Huh? Got a lot yeah. to talk about. Huh? Yeah, got a lot to talk about. Hope we can keep, hope we can keep a lot of balls in the air as we talk through. Indeed, um, um, the mayor and I. We, you know, when I first was elected to the Hines County Board of Supervisors, we did not see eye to eye, and him and I had a long conversation, and then we got together and sat down and talked about the different issues that we had. Um, when it comes to Republicans, Democrat, white or black, rich or poor, whatever the case may be, and we was um, we was able to make a decision of what was best for the people on both sides, and um, and I respect that a whole lot, man. I really well, appreciate you. that. Well, I, 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 it was a good conversation. I respect that from you, and I appreciate your efforts also. Indeed. Um, so, and and you know, I, I've gone to Clinton on several occasions. Every time the mayor have called me. In terms of uh, getting something done in Clinton, uh, I've de- done my very best to try to make that happen as your Hines County District 2 Board of Supervisors. But let, let me just tell y'all, there, there's a couple things we want to talk about. We want to talk about what has happened in the small town of uh, Maine or city, uh, Lewiston. I think it's about 48,000, they said, 48,000 uh, people in the town of Lewiston so we can... We understand what a 48,000 city is like. We're going to talk about the zoo and why we believe and I believe that the zoo need to be moved. I know the city of Jackson don't have any money to continue to work this zoo and make it a better place. And and I'm just being straight up. Um, Hines County Board of Supervisors got about $8 million laying in the trough to build a water tower. They're going to put $8 million in a water tower that's sticking straight up in the air, and water is in the tower and perhaps would never be used. So we can use that money. Now, y'all tell me, you know, give us a phone call here. Uh, where is that number? Let's find that number, 601-879-0002, so you can have your opinion on where you think that your zoo needs to be. Um, it's supposed to be the largest zoo in the state of Mississippi. So then we'll call it the state, the county, as well as the city zoo. The city owns the zoo, are responsible for the zoo, but they have continued to reach out for help. 
I don't think they are going to be able to get the type of donations uh, from individuals and companies and Fortune 500 companies that we could perhaps uh, go after if we move that zoo to Lakeland Drive as well as I-55. Can you imagine that big, pretty Ferris wheel when you come down I-55 and Lakeland Drive and you can see it at night and the little kitties hollering, Mom, we want to go there. And then when you get over there, you can smell the popcorn and the can, the um, cotton candy and, of course, uh, people eating peanuts and dropping them everywhere. Uh, that's the atmosphere of a zoo. I want to feel that atmosphere of the zoo again. I want the children to get excited, the elderly people to get excited, perhaps building a train around that zoo where the elderly can ride the train and see every animal and every parts of that zoo as well as uh, the young folks um, having fun. And then last, we'll talk about the upcoming election for November the 7th. And so, Mayor, I might as well put you in on all of these good conversations. First, we're going to go straight to the town of Clinton. You tell us what's going on in your great city and your town. used to be a town years ago. Many years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's a city, city 28,100 people. It's uh, Tonight is a, is a big night. We've had something every day this week at the, in the city. Uh, tonight is Hoot, H-O-O-T, and it stands for uh, Halloween, H-O-O-T, Old Town. So uh, it's going to be at the uh, Lions Club Park, and it'll be a lot of little guys there in their in their Halloween costumes and a lot of activities for them. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's always fun to go watch them out there and watch them play. And, uh, you know, it's a great little park that we have there that uh, – uh, you know, allows the parents to watch their children play while they talk with each other, and uh, everybody has a good time. So uh, if you have, uh, if you think about it, you got a few minutes, you can get over to Clinton. Uh, we'd sure like to welcome you there and let you enjoy uh, being in Clinton. Well, Mayor, we, since we're here, we might as well talk a little bit about the crime in Clinton versus the crime elsewhere, and especially the city of Jackson, because the city of Jackson is like, right next door to Clinton. There are some other towns that are a bit farther away, but Clinton is like you leave out of Jackson, you in Clinton. So tell us about how y'all draw the line on crime. Well, we um, have upped our police force from uh, 35 when I came into office to 65. We have equipped all our police officers. We exchange our cars out on a regular basis. We use uh, drones. Um, and we just, uh, and, and our judge, our judges seem to really take, you know, a city judge takes it as seriously as they can. And frankly, if, if someone commits a crime in Clinton, but on their record they have a crime in Madison, uh, we'll send them over there and let them try them, or Rankin County, because we know they'll get tried and the judges won't let them out. So we're real proud of that. Uh, we're the third safest city in the state, and uh, that is something, a real point of pride for our community. And it's because our police officers do such a great job. They, they, uh, you know, we have a patrolling unit and we have a uh, uh, traffic unit. And one, you know, one patrols the neighborhoods and keeps them safe. The other uh, patrols the traffic. And uh, uh, they're just doing an excellent job. You just, I just can't say enough about them in a positive way because they all work so hard to do so well. But, you know, also in public safety, I include public works. Uh, we are having uh, uh, the usual uh, 
issues with water lines. You know, we have some that are broken. Uh, the old, old, old lines, uh, metal lines or the old clay that uh, have finally given way this year with the drought and the way the ground shifted. So we've been busy, you know, working with those. But, um, you know, coming home at the end of a hard day and making sure your water runs and your toilet flushes, making sure that uh, everything you need to have a peaceful evening is in place, it, to me, is an important part of the city and an important part of economic development. No doubt about it. And so, and then a fire department, you know, we're a level four rating in the state um, and, and have been, and we've kept that alive for a number of years. Uh, so in, that, in those three areas... Uh, we are really doing well, and I'm proud of our department heads and the work they're doing. I'm proud of the firefighters, the police officers, and the public works guys for the work that they do and the efforts that they make to uh, make us a better city. Well, I'm absolutely proud that the city of Clinton is still a part of Hines County, <laughs> and you and you have not found any ways to get out of Hines County, so we got you locked in. And well. we appreciate it. You know, the, the five members of the Hines County Board of Supervisors course, our mayor is responsible for making sure that most of the municipalities are able to uh, get some funding uh, from the board. Uh, and so all of those small towns or cities around Hines County, we just appreciate uh, those towns. And um, probably Clinton is probably the biggest uh, other city other than Jackson, second largest city in Hines County. Is that correct? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we just appreciate that. And then one other thing I want to mention to you is about the um, education part, the schools. Mm -hmm. And I know that I went out to um, the football field, and they got the high school football field kept up like a um, one of those fine Alabama uh, Ole Miss schools. And how do y'all keep that place up so nice? It's really, really, really nice. I was very impressed. We know the smartest thing that we do in Clinton is that we don't let any politicians get involved with the school system. We let the educators deal with that, the superintendent and their own board. We stay completely out of it. People call me a lot and say, you know, you need to go see about getting this, this teacher or that teacher dealt with because, you know, my child didn't get an, an A or my son's not, you know, the star guard on the basketball team. You know, it's like, nope, not my area. We, we're doing too well in education for anybody in government to get involved. Absolutely. Constitutionally, we can't. But not even to, to, to try to just meddle in it. We don't do that at all. Great. Perhaps we have a we got a call on the line. Uh, Allison is calling. Allison, what's up? Hey there. How are you, Supervisor Archie and Do Mayor Fisher? Good, Doing Allison. very well. Yes, good. Well, I thought it was a. I was on my way. Matter of fact, I'm in Clinton, Mayor Fisher, at the NAACP is having a political forum tonight mm -hmm. at Holy Ghost Missionary Baptist Church on Northside Drive. And it starts at 6. Wanted to invite both of y'all. I hope that you can come. And uh, looking forward to hearing all of the candidates from the, uh, it's from the governor down as far as constable, I believe. So we'll have a lot of political figures, and uh, you get the viewers get to um, hear what we're all about. Uh, Allison, go ahead and um, since you're here, tell the people who you are and what you're doing. And I think that you live down there in the town of Raymond, right? I do. My name is Allison Clara Lauderdale, and I'm a candidate for Hines County Supervisor in District 4. Born and raised in Hines County, have a deep adoration for this area. I live in Raymond with my four children, my husband of almost 30 years, rooted, grounded, and I'm looking to 
make some positive, positive changes in uh, Hines County. So I'm looking forward for everyone to come out November the 7th. You have an option. You have a very good option with uh, Alice and Clara Lauderdale. So I would encourage everyone to get out and vote. Well, thank you, um, Allison. We appreciate you calling in and tuning in. And uh, I don't know if Mayor Fisher have any questions for you. No, I don't, have any, I don't have any questions, but it's good that uh, Pastor Burris is allowing you all to come again to the NAACP and, and the candidates to come to his church. He's always been very good about that. And uh, they're a great bunch of folks there at that church, and they're very helpful in the community. So uh, I've got to go to Hoot. I uh, can't wait for that. But I may swing by there uh, tonight when I get through here. But uh, – if I don't, tell Pastor Burris hello for me. I sure will. I sure will. And uh, thanks for having me on. And I love Clinton, and I love what y'all are doing this entire month of October. It's been a fun, fun time full of events. So I've, I have come to several of them. So it's, it's good that y'all do that for the community. Thank you so much you. for calling. Have a yes, great day. Yes, y'all have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. With that, we'll go to a break. Uh, I am your Hines County Supervisor for District 2, David L. Archie. I am sitting in for Kim Wade, the strong, what they call himself, the strong man. Kim Wade of what? Radio strong man. Radio strong man. I know it's something <laughs> like that. Hey, Kim, um, Kingfish and I are sitting in for you today. I think we've done a pretty good job so far, so don't throw any rocks at it. With that, uh, we'll be back in just a second or two on the other side, and we'll be talking about the zoo as well as the election. It's the afternoon here in Florida, Mississippi. Uh, I am David L. Archie, and I'm sitting in for Kim Wade, Radio Strongman. I have with me today uh, Mayor Phil Fisher from the city of Clinton, and as well as King Fish. And we was able to come to the table and work something out. Uh, Kim Wade had booked both of us to be on the show from four to six, and I'm telling you, uh, we we sat and we talked about it, and we was able to work it right on out. And I think that's what you have to do in in, in politics, uh, the same thing, work things out and get it done, that if both sides want to get it worked out. Uh, Mayor, since you're here, and we know that um, that you have the second largest city in the Hines County, if something like this that has happened in uh, Lewiston, Maine, uh, and we hope that nothing like this ever happened in Hines County or the state of Mississippi or anywhere else, but it happens. Um, 25 years ago. Well, well, yeah, no doubt about it. What would be the first thing that you would you would do if something? Let, let's take the. Um, we're going to go down the same road that took place. They said that he went to the. Um, bowling alley, then he left the bowling alley and went to the uh, bar and grill, and that was the second place that he, he did his shooting. So tell me, um, how, how would you handle a deal like that? Well, every year we hold a practice of some type uh, with a shooter incident, uh, whether it's in the high school or grammar school or the uh, uh, one of the churches. We've done it at Mississippi College. We even added an element there of there being a bomb in the college uh, in order to find out what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, what assets that we need. And we've been very fortunate through the years that from the FBI, the NBI, uh, the Highway Patrol, we've had uh, people join us with Hines County uh, with their assets. Um, folks have joined us from Rankin County, Madison County. Uh, I mean, it's been a really, a really good experience. And we go over everything from, you know, rally points to uh, – 
in our schools, for example, uh, with our school resource officers, there's no waiting. If, if they hear something going on, they, 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 they run to the issue. There's not, they're not going to wait for reinforcements. Reinforcements will follow. But they're going to run to the instrument incident to try to qualify or, or calm it down as quickly as they possibly can and mm-hmm. prevent any further action. And, uh, and so we've worked all the way through that to, to a press conference where we've actually had, you know, reporters from some of the TV stations come and ask us difficult questions about things and giving us advice and ideas and thoughts on how we should have done this, that, or the other better. So hopefully, when, if, if we were to ever have that, an incident like that, uh, we've, we've at least gone through the coordination. Right. And we had a situation like that a few years ago with a, a guy, a sniper, uh, in a neighborhood who had killed a number of his family members and uh, basically was you know, daring the police to come in. And it was just everything was coordinated. The communications director knew to, where to take the press to keep up with them, and we gave them information on a timely basis so that they could have a story and keep it alive. We had uh, the, uh, uh, what do you call them, the people who, the negotiators. Negotiators, yeah. Yeah, they were there talking to the person, trying to negotiate with them. And, you know, it's this isn't on the movies. I mean, this is real life. I mean, this guy's coked up and... You know, he's ready. You know, finally he opened the front door and dared him to shoot him. And, okay. And he laid him down. <laughs> now, now in this situation here, this is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy caught folks by surprise. Um, the state of Maine is known to have a low rate of crime mm-hmm. in, in this town and other small towns there in Maine. Um, there's a couple of things that I tune into. One was that he was a 20-year veteran of the National Guard, uh-huh. and when I saw the way that he was holding that rifle, um, I knew right away that uh, he's been educated on uh-huh. how to use a gun and how to hold a gun. Um, I was once a sharpshooter. I don't do a lot of practicing anymore, but when I was working for Hines County Sheriff's Department, I was one of the sharpshooters down there uh, back in the day. That's been quite a, quite a while ago, but I, I was wow. pretty good. I was pretty good quite a while ago. I, I worked for. He was a cop. I worked for Hines County Sheriff Department. I was a detention officer starting out, and when I got out of college, I worked a um, few months out on the street and did uh, undercover investigation uh, for the sheriff department. I don't have to tell you everything, King. <laughs> but uh, that is exactly what happened. I have no doubt you fit in just fine undercover. I did. I did I quite a bit of that. Yes, sir. Yeah, it, 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 it was a really cool deal. I went into places that um, they called me new meat at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. I was right out of college, and uh, yep. uh, but it worked out fine. But those are the two things that I found out that I knew that we had a problem. Yeah. And the way that he was holding the gun, 20-year veteran. And then two weeks before this, he had gone to a mental ill facility, um, uh, well, I don't know that they say he stayed in there for two weeks, but I know that he had gone to a mental ill facility. So share that with us, uh, Mayor. Well, first thing I think of is if I were mayor right now, what would I be thinking? What would I be doing? And, um, you know, getting uh, the call would go out and the police would respond. Uh, fire would uh, would respond also. And public works would be as ready. And I say that because... Public Works has assets, dozers and backhoes. In the event we had to 
push-up berms or anything that might go on like that. The fire department has some pretty long and, and, and thick vehicles that we could block roads with. Because when you initially go in, you don't know if it's one person or ten people. That's right. All you know is that there's a shooter in a building, and you have to, and, you know, somebody, our SRO, if it's in the schools, or the first police officer there has already gone in. You know, in Clinton, you can be about anywhere in town in less than five minutes, mm-hmm. especially when you're, you know, going hard for a, sh- for a shooter scene. And so I would imagine that pretty quickly, it would be my hopes we would gather. Uh, we have some senior officers there who, who have been evaluated, who would take charge of the scene, and uh, they would deploy accordingly. And hopefully we could catch the person in the building before they got out. Once they got out, then we'd have to go back and rethink the plan. And then we have the drones and we have other assets that we could use to go out with those well, folks. And let me ask you this, this one question. Mm-hmm. Do you immediately um, get your surrounding law enforcement agencies involved? Do you immediately call in the highway patrolmen here, the state troopers, or their negotiating team? Do you immediately, and especially in a situation that where you know that this guy's out to kill, um, he took... I think 18 people died in the situation. There are three that was in critical condition, and there was quite a few other injuries. So what I'm saying is, do you immediately reach out for the other agencies right then and right there and don't wait? Yes, we do. And and the reason, most of the time, when, when, he's, when, when these other agencies hear about it, they're, they're starting to come. I mean, they're going to, if, if there's a highway patrolman in the area, a Hines County sheriff uh, deputy in the area, they're going to come to see if they can be of assistance. And they'll call and say, where do I need to go? Mm-hmm. And then we, we'll say, you know, in this case, the bowling alley rally point, wherever that might be, might be across the street. Mm-hmm. This is where you need to go, and then we'll deploy you from here. And then other others will come in as they're able to gather and get in. So the negotiators, you know, they're not sitting on go all the time. You're going to have to get them in, bring them in for a time. So you, you spend that time trying to set up some sort of communications with the person Absolutely. via cell phone or whatever you can do to start to start talking to them. But if they won't talk to you, you know, there's nothing you can do there. You've got to, t- you know, decide are there hostages being held in their, in their case, was the bowling alley empty? Were people able to, to run and, and get into places and hide or even get out of the building? And that's another problem. People come running out of the building with or without, without a weapon. How do you know that's not the shooter? Right. In that crowd. And another thing that I, I, I thought about um, in this particular case, we don't know whether or not he's in one of those homes or apartment or some place where he have taken some hostage in terms of the whole entire family mm-hmm. and that he's just sitting there and waiting and watching everything and got them lined up. But I'm sure, you, I can assure you that he's going to get sleepy at some point. He will. He's going to get tired. And, and, and in the schools... Uh, and we've 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 practiced this also. We got some students to come in and uh, you know play the part of the terrified students, and they well, they had a blast. They really had a blast. But at the end, uh, we we had them go to the bus, get on the bus, and then go to the rally point or or to the uh, evacuation point, which mm-hmm. is the Morrison Heights Baptist Church parking lot, because we would try to def- de- deflect everybody, families, and everybody to the parking lot. Because once something like this starts. You know, everybody in Mississippi's got a gun, and, and they're coming to get their so children. Fast. Yeah. And it's happening so fast, so you got to have some type of organization mm-hmm. uh, uh, with the leadership of it. Um, the only other thing I can say is that um, 
I think the people in Mississippi, uh, elected officials, other cities and towns, perhaps, uh, you know, call and give that mayor and those council persons and all of those that um, that run that city and run that town, tell them that we're praying for them. We can do all that. If we have something that we can do, of course, I know we would do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though we, we're many miles away, we can still help. It's still, it's in the United States, it's still, uh, they all are perhaps Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is just a sad, sad situation. And I hope nothing like this ever happened in, in your city and city of Jackson or anywhere else uh, in this country. Uh, let me give you the last word. We're going to bring up Kingfish because we're going to be talking about the zoo um, real quick. Um, then we'll go to break. Well, like I said earlier, if you got some time tonight, come by Hoot and enjoy yourself there. Um, and, you know, do whatever you can every day to make your community a better place. And that it seems like every time I walk out of my house and walk to the um, to City Hall, you know, there's always that chance to pick up some garbage. Go talk to somebody, give them a friendly word. You know, make make that extra effort to make your community a better place. Indeed, and thank you. Uh, that was Mayor Phil Fisher uh, from the uh, city of Clinton and talking about his great city and all that beautiful stuff that they got going on in the town of uh, Clinton there. And um, we're going to be back with our Kingfish uh, and talk about the zoo and perhaps um, – some elections in, in local election as well as the statewide election. And so we'll talk to you on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Stay. We're back, and thank you for tuning in this evening. I am David L. Archie sitting in for Kim Wade. Got my man King Fish in the house. What's up, King? Nada. Just King, listening to you two the King, last half hour. King may have something to write about tonight on me. You know, he, uh -oh. he, every now and then he'll post a little something there. And I was in... Saw Dave acting up or Dave. Let, let me just get this so everybody can understand David Archie right quick. If you go back and look at the videos at the Hines County Board of Supervisors, I am always challenging the status quo of sitting there and not saying anything when you know good and well that your tax dollars are being spent in the wrong way. A lot of money is in Hines County. Hines County is not broke. But the things that need to be fixed, we're not fixing all of those things. There's many parks in Hines County need to be taken care of. Other municipalities and mayors and city council people and aldermans, you know, they need some help in their district, in their ward, in their area. And that is what we're supposed to to really do, help the whole entire Hines County. Balance the budget. Stop wasting and spending on stuff that we don't need. And so I've been an advocate. I've put my whole career on the line to fight corruption as well as to take care of the taxpayers' dollars. That's what it has been about for me. I've gotten in a lot of trouble for it in terms of um, having different groups to turn on me uh, that are involved in politics, white and black, Republicans and Democrats. and But it's cool. I know where my heart is. I know that I've always tried to do the right thing. The news never show what the real issue is on the table. The only thing that they show on the news is me screaming, yelling, raising a lot of sand. So look, uh, everybody goes at it and come at it a different way, right? Donald Trump has his own style. Benny Thompson has his own style. David Archer has his own style. 
Chuck Wailamuma has his own style. But what you need to look at is the bottom line. I've perhaps done more in Hines County for the average board of supervisor member than any board member alone. If you look at my record, just just take a peek and look at the record. I've traveled to D.C. on many occasions and came back with some gold in order to make things happen. I've fixed roads and streets and bridges and all of that stuff. But I know in the public they have made me look pretty bad because I scream and yell. But I'm not screaming and yelling at you. I'm screaming and yelling at my board members to get them to do right when some of them wanted to do wrong. When you in the minority, sometimes the only way that you're able to fight back is to notify the citizens. And that is what I have done. There's more people involved in Hines County politics now because of me, because I made absolutely sure that I got the message out to them about what is happening on that board, where your money is going. So that has been the case, King. I just wanted to get that out of the way. And by the way, we're going to go straight to that zoo. Tell us Hang what on, before you, before you get started on the zoo, I wanted to say one thing also is, Creedell is like Denny Green said is exactly who we not we thought he was we knew he was when he was on the city council whatever many years ago it was the same crap a circus every week he thought he was the smartest guy in the room when he was probably the dumbest guy in the room and he was always trying to pull a deal here pull a deal there and that was it was like watching WWF if you I mean back then you had Louis Armstrong and Kenny Stokes and him and I mean Kane Ditto and Harvey would just sit there on the sidelines just helpless you know and it was always just Drama, drama, the same stuff you're seeing now with Creedell. You saw when he was on the city council. This is who he is. And I'm going to tell you something else not many people know about. His wife had a great assistant work for him. Henry, remember Henry, Henry Phil? Great guy. Near the end of her term, he got sick. And because I, I visited him in the hospital. He was a good friend of mine. He was a great guy. And by the way, my readers... That his his nickname was the fat man on my uh, when he commented on my website. Okay, big boy, yeah, great guy. And but you know what, his heart was in the right place. He tried to do the right thing. But you know what, Creedell, knowing he was sick, knowing the guy's dying, kicked him out anyway. Oh, he fine. We inquired about. Yeah, that. kicked uh, him when out. We came in. What happened to this guy that's been having Peggy for all of those years? Yeah, he kicked him out. But 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 Kingfish, he thought that he could really control. Yeah, not my actions. But my personality, who I was, and have me to do things that I just knew that. Well, what he, right. what he did to y'all is what Gerald Steen does in Madison County, because like at first when you first got on there it was you and Creedell and Graham, and, Graham. and then he got the other two. You know, and I thought y'all were a little bit harsh on those guys to those two personally because it made them kind of more. It created an opportunity. Then Creedell. They're all worked up. So he says, well, if y'all give me what I want, then not blah, blah, blah. So he switches. That's what Gerald Steen kind of did when he came into Madison. He was kind of like with with Sheila and Trey. And then all of a sudden, he did like Ronnie Chappell did before you got on the board. He sells out over to Carl and Paul. Next thing you know, you got Mr. Republican over here voting with. And why I saw, because I get what I want, you get what you want, and we're all happy. Absolutely. You know? Uh, and that's the problem with board of supervisors. You got that three, two, and if you have two two splits of two two votes each, man, number five, he figures out I'm the most powerful guy in this room. And guess what happens? And and I'll tell you this story so the public can hear it. And, mm-hmm. and since you brought it up, yeah. Um, when Creedia made the switch, mm-hmm. I went to Vern Gavin, mm-hmm. and I said, and I talked to him about two hours. Mm-hmm. 
explaining to him that he can be the most powerful and the strongest man on this board if you just do what's right. I said, now, um, you have to forgive me and Graham for doing, uh, not doing the right thing when it came to you. But learn from it because now I have learned from it mm-hmm. that you don't do those kind of things. So I said, Vern, just be in the middle and do what's right. And you would always be elected and you would be able to make things happen. Yeah. And he assured me that he was going to think about it. He assured me that he was going to try to get in the middle and do what's right. That did not take place at all. He mm-hmm. didn't even try to do what was right. The only thing he knew that he had a third vote so he could do what he wanted to do. And you see what happened. He's out. Creedell is out. And that's one reason, Phil, that's how you beat Ronnie Chappell. When you ran against him, was people got tired of him selling out all the time to, what was it, Doug and George. And so guess what? That's how you beat him. People in your district said, said we're tired of this. Same thing. Absolutely. Vern got beat. I mean, you lo- no offense. And then Creedell, but Creedell got no, beat too. You, you can say it to me like, <laughs> you lost. man, let's, okay. let's okay, so, so be respectful, is, okay? This is the deal with me. <laughs> Until we can get those that proof. Inside of the court, my case, y'all, is in the Supreme Court. We filed notice. We're getting ready to do the brief. There's no, been no evidence showed in terms of the election. Right. That was some hanky-panky, a whole lot of it going on, right? But if you cannot get the evidence inside of the courtroom, no one would never see it. And this is why people don't fight most elections, fraud or corruption, because it is so hard to get the evidence in the courtroom. But it's coming. I believe that the Supreme Court is going to hear and see what we saw on September the 7th. We, 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 it's, it's one issue, whether or not the circuit clerk's office was closed during the cyber attack. Mm-hmm. And we all know that it was closed. The judge ruled that it was open. And everybody knows that the circuit clerk's yeah, office was closed. Right. That's the bottom line. But he ruled against us. And so mm-hmm. that's why we made our uh, appeal to the Supreme Court, and we hope to come back to the county. So we can go into it. But now, I admit that I raised a lot of sand. I hadn't noticed. But it is for the right thing, man. I mean. I just want to see you and Stokes go off at the same time at each other. That's all I want to see. That's the only thing you and see. Stokes go off at the same time at each other. That's all I want to see. Well. Um, I'll die a happy man if I ever see that. <laughs> all right. I can just say that I, Who my got? heart Je- is in the Jesse's right place. girl? Tina. We Tina. got a couple people there. Um, well, let's welcome Tina and Tina. Um, is she there? Did you get rid of her? T- Tina? Tina, are you She are gone. You Tina, I guess you have what? to call back. Tina, okay. Uh, now we got Jesse coming in. Tina, you call back, 879-0002. We was having a great piece of conversation we look forward. Yeah. Jesse, what's up? This is Supervisor David L. Arch along with Kingfish. Uh, the mayor have not left yet. He's still in the house. Oh, yeah, David, man. Look, I'm one of your biggest supporters, but... Me, along with a lot of other people, man, have a, a big problem with your conduct. And so reasonable people, even when you're right, you, we just expect better. We just do. And that's one of the reasons why you and Creedale lost. You know, we, we took it out on both of you all. You all the one that was clowned. And so whether you're right or wrong, we just, people deserve better and they're not, not going to put up with it. They're, we just try somebody else along with fighting your wife and all that kind of stuff, you just didn't have enough going for you. 
And so I expect you to sit back, analyze yourself, and come back and run again. Some other well, time. well, don't hang the phone Thank up you. now. Don't hang the phone up. Please don't do that. I, I see you hung the phone up. He got his little shot in, and then he hung the phone up. Number one. Okay, come back up. You, you can't, you can't <laughs> prove anything that I was fighting my wife. And number two is that every courtroom that I have, I have been in, the municipal court, justice court, okay. and chancery court, I've won every single okay, case. So I think that you are probably a caller that was want to call in and get your shout out, and then you want to talk about my conduct. What I asked you to do was to review the record in terms of getting the job done, and I see you'd make no mention of that, and but that's cool. Um, just check the record, and, and you will see. Do we have another caller there? Okay, great. Jesse's girl is back. Okay, Tina, you, you're present. Uh, welcome to the uh, Kim Way Show. You got Kingfish, David Archie, as well as Mayor Fisher from the town of Clint, from the city of Clinton. How you doing, uh, Mr. Archie? I think you're doing an awesome job. My name is Tina Brown, and I live in Clinton, Mississippi, in the rural part of Clinton, and from Bolton. And you have done amazing things. Because for years, 15 years, I think our bridge was out in Bolton, in the rural area. And you got that done. You got so many things done in the Bolton, Hines County area, and we're just so appreciative. And also the new um, um, sub- subdivision is, is about to go up, um, pin in the state. So I am just so happy um, to hear what you just said and things that you've done. And I want you to continue doing those because we still got more to do. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Tina, uh, Mayor, that was a caller from Clinton. So she lived in, in in the Clinton area there, and um, no, she was actually over by Bolton. She clarified she more, it more yeah. of the Bolton area. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Bri- but but you but think he would have had a bridge out in his town? But she claimed Clinton at first. That's right. And matter of fact, the mayor and I, uh, we was able to get together on a few bridges when I came yeah. in office, and we immediately got those that money and got those bridges taken care of. And so with that, we we gonna come right on back and. Um, Y'all tune in. We're going to have a few minutes left, and we'll we'll get to the zoo. Perhaps not get to the election, but get to the zoo. And um, you, this is David Archie along with Kingfish sitting in for Kim Way. Um, I think we're going to go straight to the caller. Leah, uh, you're on the air. you got about 20 seconds. Go right ahead, Leah. Hi. How, how are you doing today? Doing great. What about you? I've, I'm doing fine. I do have a question that I would like to ask you about. Yes, ma'am. I live in Byron, and... Um, I'm one of the many people that was not really happy about this garbage deal. Mm-hmm. And my issue isn't so much with the big garbage cans. It's just me. And um, I do have a problem. I've got a two-acre yard, and I have not been able to burn anything since maybe the 1st of June. I've got pine trees. and. Ma'am, he um, said he had 20 do, seconds. <laughs> do, you need, do you need a small bin or a large bin? Well, no, I, I've got it out on the street there. They're in garbage bags. But I'm wondering what I'm going to do after the 4th of December when I can't put this call, out call on the my, street. If you call my office, I'll make sure that they get it. Um, well, listen, cl- I, I, let me tell you something, this, Mr. Archie. I, listen, I'm not <laughs> in your district. I am in Vernon Gaddis. It doesn't matter. Called, He'll I take care called, of you. Call, call David Archie. If you call me at my office, I guarantee you we'll get somebody out there and get it for you, Okay. 
Well, you are a blessing. I, I want to. Uh, we got to go, uh, King. We gave. I told you, <laughs> did I not? Yeah, you did. I, uh, listen, here's the deal: it's a bad con. Y'all signed a bad contract. And it's because Creedell waited to the last second trying to play footsie with everybody, and you got stuck signing a bad contract at the end. That's I, what happened. The zoo. Do you want the zoo moved or not? Yes, but over by where fifty-five, over by where uh, Tougaloo is, fifty-five and two twenty. We'll find a place for that. The that zoo. old auction place. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, we'll find a place for the zoo. Thank you, and we appreciate everybody tuning in to the Kim Way Show. This is David Archie sounding off.